Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams and our producer Ed Salswell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We're here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, again, we have Dr. Jan Lohmeyer, instructor of apologetics at Lutheran High North, Houston, Texas, and an adjunct professor at Concordia University, Texas. He spoke at the San Antonio Worldview Conference in February of 2018. And on our last show, Dr. Lohmeyer, you were talking about that the church is not countering things. You got into Sunday school. Boy, this is a huge one for me. In a Sunday school class or nursery, when they see a little bug with animals hanging out the side, how on earth are they supposed to ever get a feeling that anything is more than just a Bible story and not a biblical account? Yeah, that, that seems to be the problem. I, uh, I really think that we're treating the Bible as if it's a storybook. And you see this in advertisements. Uh, my own church uh, does that. On my own Senate, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, if you were going to Concordia Publishing House, you'd see how they emphasize the stories of the Bible, talk to children. When children hear the word story, they're thinking bedtime story and fantasy. I want the children to know that this is an historical documentation of the history of man. And we need to know just exactly what God wants us to know because he's the one that gave this. On Mount Sinai to Joshua and Moses, Joshua's writing it down. And by the way, if you read your Bible, you'll find out that God used the angels. And that brings up one of the questions, when were the angels created? Which day were they created? And keep emphasizing the six-day creation that God did in the very beginning. There are two books in our Bible, which is, this is what I tell my 18-year-old in my class. There are two books in the Bible that start with in the beginning. One of them is Genesis. The other one is the Gospel of John. And it's all about the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, the Apostle John tells us. Jesus was around from day one. And that's another thing that we have to emphasize, too. This triune God that occurred right in the very beginning when he says, Let us make man in our own image. These are all important things. And by the way, I tell all my students that all the genealogies, they're very important important because we can thereby date the earth and, and when the creation occurred. That's why it's an historical document. It's the facts because it's coming from God and God cannot lie. It's impossible. So if we are teaching our children that we're in this battle, we're in this war, and Jesus is the word, the truth, and he's the father of truth, and the devil is the father of lies, and that is our battle, that's our fight, then we have to make sure that we're teaching everyone, including our children, that anybody who does not believe in Jesus Christ as his savior is therefore a prisoner of war. And that's the way Paul describes it. They're captive. They're captive to false teaching. This is another thing we need to tell our parents, and we need to tell our teachers this. God spelled it out quite firmly in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And then he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And then he says, Teach these commandments that I give to you today to your children. When you get up in the 
morning, when you travel along the road, when you sit down to eat, and when you go to bed at night. I don't think we're Four doing that. Four times a day, and let me tell you something. This is, <laughs> I point my fingers at the parents in the church, and I say, are you doing this? Yeah. And if you're not, then we're deficient. Before we go to break, the title of your book is The Unaware Church. What is the church unaware of? They're unaware that we're losing our children. As soon as we confirm them in our churches, then uh, they go to either high school or go, they go to college. They're being taught falsehoods that the Bible is not an historical document, that it's a bunch of stories and fairy tales. It's almost what our church is doing. And we're unaware of what we're doing to these children. And we're losing them in college because they're being taught and they seem to have all the evidence. And if they pit science against religion, nothing could be further from the truth. Science and the Bible go hand in hand. God created both. I look at Jeremiah fifteen nineteen, where God is talking to Jeremiah, and he says, you must influence them. Do not let them influence you. And I think the church has been influenced instead of doing the influencing. I'd like to go through just the questions that you have that you want the teachers in the church to cover or to be able to to teach to the kids. And uh, you have 20 of them in your book. And I think they're excellent questions that uh, provoke thought. And also, if these are properly answered, there won't be any kid who will be swayed away from the Bible when they go to college. I mean, questions like, is there evidence of a God? How old is the earth? Who was Cain's wife? Is natural selection the same as evolution? Does carbon-14 disprove the Bible? By the way, that, that is not the case. And why should uh, Christians accept millions of years in theistic evolution? What happened to the dinosaurs? How did Noah get all the animals and species on the ark? Where did we get all the races? Where did, how many are there? Is there evidence of a worldwide flood? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? When does life begin? How do you explain the barbaric God of the Old Testament? We talked about that in the last show. Why is there suffering and death in this world? How do we uh, know the Bible is true? Are science and Christian faith at odds? Are there aliens besides uh, the ones that come across the border? When was Satan created? And isn't the Bible full of contradictions? And don't fossils prove evolution? I think these are all just excellent questions. And if Sunday school teachers were given a test, I think most of them would fail. But I think you, we all have to understand and agree these questions are not even being discussed in our Sunday school class. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, to go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Dr. Lomar, let's get into the nuts and bolts. All right, the church is unaware. We're not doing it. We've got pastors that are either not instructed in creationism or, or origins, etc. Run from it for unity concern. What should the church be doing? How should we change? Well, we have to change in what we're instructing our, our students. Our, our whole program of teaching children has to change. And I'm not talking the real low classes. I mean, low grade, lower grade classes is what I meant. Many of those wonderful Bible stories are imperative that we have to start learning the Bible. That's one of the way children learn the Bible is through the uh, historical accounts, as I call them, of the Bible. That's good. But we also have to start adding this historical documentation. But most important is that first question you mentioned before the break, and that is, is there evidence of God? Now, this is essential that everybody understand this. And I get quite irritated when I hear students email me or call me from college and say, you're not going to believe what the biology teacher told me today. Well, part of the problem is that we haven't given them the defense for their faith. Now, here's one of the things I like to start off with. Paul in, in Romans chapter 1 makes it quite clear that everybody knows there's a God because they just 
from the earth, the only planet. We are the only planet that God, and this is told in Isaiah, that God made for inhabitation. It's perfect. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. The problem is sin came into the world. God did not create sin. Sin came in the world through Satan because sin was found in him. He wanted to be God. You can take a look at the two accounts. One of them is in Ezekiel and one of them is in Isaiah about the creation of Satan. Now, the angels were created, I think, probably on day one when it says the heaven and the earth were created. Notice it's plural heavens. The heavens uh, referred to there are the atmosphere that we have around us, the sky, and also the sun, the moon, stars, the planets, and then the third one would be where God is, the heaven that we are all going, we have our hope in, and that's what Peter talks about in First Peter 3. But I think it's imperative that we tell every single student, and I do this almost on a regular basis, once a month in my class, I'll ask them, what are some things that just ring of truth when it comes to Christianity. And one of them is the fact that Jesus resurrected and there are no bones in his tomb. Now that's important. The other thing is that 12 men stuck to their story to their death. One of them was skinned alive. The point being here is if it was a falsehood, if it was just a little lie, somebody would have said that. And they didn't do it for money. They all died paupers. And then one of the clinchers, and this needs to be pounded into the heads of every Christian and it's not being done by the churches. There are 226 for sure, possibly 300, but 226 for sure prophecies in the Old Testament that are all fulfilled by one man and they were written 700 years before he even came. One of them, Micah 5.2, tells you where he's going to be born. One of them, Isaiah 7.14, tells you he's going to be born of a virgin. Jeremiah 31 tells us we're going to have babies killed and Zechariah tells us that they're going to pay 30 pieces of silver for it. It just goes on and on and on about the prophecies all fulfilled by one man. These are the signs that Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians and in Acts. He did these miracles and these signs all proving that Jesus is who he says he is. He's true God, true man, died on the cross. The Romans don't fall for this story by some of the professors saying that wasn't Jesus on the cross or he wasn't all dead or they stole the body. No, the Roman soldiers did not make mistakes. And look at what happened. Now, this is another thing that most people don't know this, but on the day Jesus died, there was a full eclipse and then earthquakes hit. Those soldiers were getting scared. They had it down to a science. They knew it took nine hours to make these people suffer on this cross for what they did to the Roman Empire. They had it down to a science. At three o'clock in the afternoon, they were getting itchy because they'd seen so many things happen today. And they decided, let's get this over with. So what do they do? They go to break the legs of these three people because therefore they couldn't hold themselves up and they'd suffocate. Well, the two guys are dead. The two guys are dead after they break their legs, but they go to Jesus and they notice he's already dead. So what do they do? They stick a spear in the side of him. If he's alive, there's going to be burnt blood spurting out of there. And of course there wasn't. He's already dead. And that fulfilled another prophecy. It just keeps going on and on. And again, but all of these things happened that day. And then to top it off, Christians who came back to life out of the grave that very day, that was a 
special day, and this is all documented. That's another thing. We've got four biographies, all written about Jesus within 30 to 50 years of his death. You're not going to find another historical book that well documented by eyewitnesses. And the last thing I want to make sure everybody knows is there were over 500 witnesses to Jesus' resurrection, as Paul records in 1 Corinthians. To me, the evidence is overwhelming. It makes sense to be a Christian. What we've got to do is, as churches, we have to communicate this to our people, which we agree is not being well done. Thank you, Dr. Lomar. You're welcome. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. 